0: And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Welcome to Social Media White Noise. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that, Ted, but we've had complaints that the intro's too long. Bugger. I'm ready when you are. And, are and you ready? I'm, I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. Okay. Are, are you hit ready? I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready when you are.
1: If you've hit record I'm still ready when you are. If you've hit record and we're still doing no, this. No, I haven't hit
0: record. This has been really I'm going to hit record now. Go on. I'm ready when you are. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's go. Hello everyone and welcome to uh, Social Media White Noise. That wasn't terribly uh, boring. Episode some kai-ish number brought to you by Andy White Acker, (laughs) Doctor Pod, D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D and Brigadier. (laughs)
1: And I am Nick, aka the Loudmouth Man at loudmouthman.com, Butler. Hurrah! Hurrah! And apparently we're starting the show. So I don't need to to ask, is now the time for dogs to have their own social network? Yes. Okay, there we are. It always will be. Done. Easy. Sorted. What are we talking
0: about today, Nick? Nick? We've got Nick? a list, haven't we? We have got a list. We've checked it twice. Would you twice. like to go through the list, Nick? Let me checked twice. Turns out it's either
1: naughty or nice.
0: Yes. Yes, sir. You've so got about five thousand billion things to talk about. Bitcoin, I've selected three. Bitcoin's
1: adoption is remaining on trend. Yeah. UK ISPs are filtering, le- filtering and blocking legitimate websites. That'll be fun to um, talk about. Of course, filtering works so well. I don't. We know, Dave, as the Prime Minister insists on curbing the menace of online.
0: It's curbing the same as filtering. And.
1: A free market fix for the copyright racket, consumer profiles which tell advertisers who you were, not who you will be, and the People Browser wins an injunction to avoid getting cut off in its prime.
0: Yeah. Okay. What do you want talking about? Well, let's talk about the first one. Bitcoin. Let's talk On about trend. Bitcoin. Yeah. On
1: trend. Yeah. Still. Yeah. The the marketing. So this this comes out of a uh, this, this comes out of Bloomberg Business Week. Bloomberg Business Week, who are discussing the uh, realities of economic instability when you go ahead and you do things like say oh well we'll just stop trading with you or stop offering dollars to Iran will make it really hard to get a hold of a certain currency or a certain type of money which works really well until the internet comes along and everybody just ignores what So what's the story here Nick? (laughs) So the story here is that um, is that uh, basically Iranians are moving to using virtual currencies, specifically bitcoins (laughs) in order (laughs) to trade move money around, exchange currencies. So with an, an Iranian-American Bitcoin consultant, Fa- Farazad Hashemi, recently travelled to Tehran and talked about Bitcoin to his friends. And they're instantly fascinated by it. This is because when people start realising that what they're trying to do in terms of legitimate business, in terms of earning a living, should not be constrained by a political will, you then have people looking for ways in which they can manoeuvre how their daily lives are operating around the restrictions that are put in place. Yeah. Because people, always, people naturally look for a way around fences and a way around walls and a way around, you know, areas that restrict them. That's, that's what they tend to do. So whenever you so, set up an area, people go,
0: how do I walk around it? Just to get in this story, what was the motivation of the government to try and, you know, It's not the Iranian government. Them.
1: We're talking here about sanctions against Iran and we're talking about trade sanctions sanctions. and we're talking about political sanctions we're talking about the effect of political will on an economy so we're talking about an American will and its issues with Iran and we're talking about the political will of a world economy and we're saying well we may not be happy with how Iran is acting in terms of nuclear powers in terms of nuclear development and in terms of political development so you impose a certain amount of economic stricture upon them Mm. and in doing so, you, you know, you're affecting the country and your, your hopes might be that the country says, oh, we need to change our world and change our ways. But mm-hmm. what will happen is people who no longer care about that particular political motivation, those geopolitical boundaries, are areas that are no longer fascinating to them because the internet has crept in past both those boundaries yes. and has brought information and brought trends on understanding and trends on sharing an economy mm. that are outside of the boundaries of an established currency and an established So what system.
0: are we seeing in Iran at the moment that demonstrates the use of Bitcoin? Are there any specific sort of examples of what they're doing? Or is it a general...
1: This is a general report talking about how this is gaining popularity, this yeah. is gaining awareness um, I, I think what we will see is as, as individuals take to the internet and hit the strictures of legacy banking systems and legacy financial systems that are simply unable to move at the speeds with which which people wish to operate Mm. in the online world, Mm. then we'll see people opt to use currencies to add a certain amount of fluidity to their transactions and a certain amount of, uh, for the better word, a lack of regulation and the lack of oversight. There's very things that also protect them they're also looking to remove because those things that protect them work for systems that are based on real-world physical currencies and are not protecting them in the virtual world internet currencies. Mm. I think, especially when you're getting to the position where banks are saying, oh, if, if you get money taken out of your accounts, that's your fault, that's not our fault because it must be your fault because you're on the internet as well no point prior to the internet being available would a bank be able to get away with that statement. And that that, that simple conceit is what drives people to say, I'll find my own way through this. Mm. And so they're moving to a different currency, they're moving to different places. Um, I think the trend will continue. I don't think we'll stop talking about Bitcoin in 2014. And we are going to get to 2013. I, I can see that There'll be a, especially with places like WordPress and Automatic, picking up a way for you to pay with Bitcoin. Mm. This will infiltrate as a payment mechanism. And as it infiltrates as a payment mechanism, it it really will come down to how the market chooses to leverage, that's a horrible word, but how the market chooses to change, how it wishes to perceive payments made available.
0: Just out of interest, Nick, I mean you do a similar thing that I do, you're a a technical consultant area. Do you foresee a day where you'll accept Bitcoin as payment? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. It's quite. I mean, I have a Bitcoin account in my own. Machine. The thing about Bitcoin accounts is it doesn't yeah. run as a. There's no such thing as a. Um, I go to a bit an online service and mm. I sign up for a Bitcoin account, mm. and I have a Bitcoin account that's centrally provided by one service provider. Yeah. The wallet is a file that I can have on my machine, mm. or I can store that file on somebody else's machine. Mm. For which payments can be made in or out.
0: Yeah.
1: The control to the wallet is through my own access. Somebody takes that file and removes it, all the money that's in that wallet is gone. Mm. So that's the security effort.
0: It's file-based, isn't
1: it? It's file-based. In the same way that I have a wallet physical in mm. my pocket and the money I have in there is the money I can lose
0: and it's not it, there's no way to attach it to a, a, a flesh and blood individual it is just a file it's a file which is encrypted with a unique key etc etc yeah which the
1: individual should hopefully
0: remember yeah. so it's literally like the internet version of having cash in your pocket literally yes. yeah yep. but and you can have several wallets of cash you can have as many as you want and,
1: and that's that's the point it, it, it creates a mechanism that on um, the one hand is extremely flexible mm. and the other hand is quite terrifying yeah in terms of freedoms
0: of freedoms. Should we but just before we go to the next one, should we just briefly say where we are? We forgot to mention in the beginning. We're at the um, the ringside restaurant and bar in Brighton, which is right next to the pavilion. Every Christmas, about sort of beginning of December onwards, through, through Christmas and into the New Year, we get uh, this like wonderful ice rink that is erected right in front of the pavilion. It's gorgeous this year because we've got all sorts of different new lights on the pavilion, so it looks absolutely magical. And we're in the uh, the restaurant, sort of cafe bar that overlooks it. There's no skaters there at the moment because it's a morning. But, uh, what do you think I of suspect. The I suspect
1: in the evening, this place is 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 both it's thronging and, it's heaving. Heaving it's and heaving and it's is heaving. popular.
0: Yeah, it's very popular.
1: I, I I have I have to say I I find these sort of places both very romantic, mm. uh, and and you know they've they've worked hard to to set the theme in this place so that you have. This nice sort of cafe-style restaurant feel that, that sits onto the side of the ice rink. The ice rink's easy to get into. They've they've made the approach to it. They've made the styling of it a very Christmassy feel. Mm. Um, it's you know it, it's it's a good move when a council lets this sort of thing happen, and then when there's enough will to make it occur mm. and to give it a delivery that that yeah, just the screams of it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yes,
0: yeah, it does.
1: Yeah, yeah? and it, and I think it's. It's certainly set. I mean, you, you can't help but drive past and see it and think, I want to stop in there at some point. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it certainly gives me an opportunity to bring my daughter down here and mm. go ice skating. So, uh, I think it's great. And uh, coffee's coffee's great. It's, it's of course served up in um, throwaway cups because this whole environment is simply a, you know, we're, we're not built on any infrastructure here that could cope with mm. doing lots and lots of cup washing and dishwashing yeah. and so forth, so... Everything's going to be moved in. It's a very camping site feel in terms of there's a big marquee that we're all sat within. Yeah. Uh, but heating's, heating's running at full pelt. I hate <laughs> yeah. to think what the energy bill is at this time of year. I
0: know. Well, you, so, the game's go. pretty good. Anyway, let's, let's move moving on. on. Move on. What's the next... Because we're talking about freedoms mm. and there's
1: a couple of things that have sort of popped up. There was an article that came out I'm going to come to. Mm. Um, that was in the press a couple of weeks back. But the most recent discussion is the Promo Bay the Promo Bay is an offshoot of The Pirate Bay. Oh, is it really? And the Promo Bay is focused on independent artists, yes. musicians, videographers, and you know, anybody who's creating content, they want to get out there in a way that says, I'm just going to distribute it on this mechanism because that's the best way for me to be found. Mm. Uh, I've, I mean, I've recently discovered a couple of um, bands in, a, in, in terms of music I enjoy found the tracks on Promo Bay downloaded it listened to it said yep that's for me downloaded more of it and then sent them some money for the album that works Promo Bay absolutely cannot straighten this it's a completely legitimate website it is being blocked by internet service providers who've been asked to block the Pirate Bay Mm. are also blocking the Promo Bay
0: are they given a reason?
1: Well, they're not giving a reason on this. not a and new story that's just kicking the in. But, well, it's because there is a close association, although the association is simply those files that are available in the Pirate Bay yeah. are also available in the Promo Bay. Um, okay. It's it's a completely separate entity. It was set up by a chap um, who, you know, it's Aussie entrepreneur Will Dable, Dabble, um, who basically goes through thousands of submissions on the Pirate Bay, finds the legitimate content, and pushes it onto the Promo Bay. Right. So we have. Legitimate content being, excuse
0: me... <coughs> Bless you,
1: Nicholas. be blocked through web filters
0: mm-hmm.
1: that are applied at the internet service provider level and are are basically changing, you know, they, they are affecting what you can find and discover on the internet. Because one group have decided that they want to control what the audience are perceiving. Which ISP is blocking them? And in this case, it's the ISPs that we talked about last year, which is BT, Virgin Media, BE, possibly several others. Right. Yeah, those who are implementing this filtering thing. But they're also blocking on a legitimate website.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, the sort of concept that the best way that we can manage this copyright problem is by blocking access to these sites. We, we go back to my previous article where I say, well, people will always find a way around these things. Mm. Um, but we also come back to why should it be down to the internet service providers to control access to things, which we already have legislation, we already have laws in place to deal with these things. Mm. So why are we putting the onus on those internet service providers to add to their cost and to, as a result, block access to legitimate content? But they've been
0: told to block this site? They've
1: been told to. There's court orders that were put in place. By, by this was, um Okay, I may not get this right, but this comes down from people like... The recording industry of America that put pressure on the UK through people like the British phonographic industry right and the British phonographic industry put pressure out there through their lobbying groups to go to uh, basically to go to court and say this site's creating content it's causing us a huge loss it's, it's demonstrably never causing a it. huge loss yes well this is the thing. So every time oh, they sick. try to prove it the reports are all built up out of Reports that are biased or in favour of, and neither side has well, I mean, unbi- extrapolations based on yes, assuming every download mean, would mean, have been purchased. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, you know. Idiots. Meanwhile, when they've been seeing an increasing amount of sales, sales have been going up, but they're reporting lost sales. Lost I, sales. I mean, I tell you this know, story refuse, every time. If I refuse to buy the now series of CDs, yeah. those are lost sales. Mm. Should they be suing me by now? I refuse to buy that product. That's a lost sale.
0: I bought um, an album a few years ago on the basis of hearing it as the backing tune to a YouTube video which was subsequently taken down by Warner Brothers or whoever I think I should get my money back on the album
1: yeah well see Warner Brothers at that point they're like well, well it might, sorry it might not seem Warner they, Brothers they it was can't, just, it was because they can't, possi- they can't possibly find a way to link your event to their event from yeah. their position yeah. so they don't, they don't get that... Uh, and, and the reports constantly come out that people who pirate music buy more music. People who pirate video buy more videos. Turns out the very people they're targeting to stop happening yeah. are the people who actually buy more of their content. All right. And, you know, we, we then come back to uh, the Prime Minister in an article back on the 17th of November. It uh, st- says, Stepping in to curb the menace of online porn, Cameron to ensure parents are led through a filter process on all new computers... Apart from the fact this is, this is completely impractical, the most ridiculous concept of all, we're coming down to a, a conversation that says, oh, you've, you're, you're getting in your internet service provider. You have to talk to your internet service provider and say how many children there are in the house. Wrong. No, you don't. So you say none.
0: They're proposing this as new legislation. Yes, they're proposing yeah, this yeah, as, yeah.
1: as what we should expect internet service providers to do. You will then have to say that you are opting in to allowing adult content... You're not actually having to say you're opting in to allow a filtered internet. You're having to say I'm giving approval to a filtered or non-filtered internet. You can say what and, you like, and you should just never have to do that. It, it, I mean, it, apart from the lack of privacy position that it then affords, which is to say we now have a list of which internet users are doing which content. Mm. It's being stored in some database somewhere, and that could be abused. We're at a place that says, well, we're evidently then got a situation where the upstream provider has to look at every request that you're putting through to decide whether it's allowed, which means that they're looking at your content.
0: Mm. Well, and they're slowing it down. Do I mean, they, they're just breaking
1: do they, do they, yeah, TCP. Do people go like, oh, well, we need to be protected. Oh, we need to protect our children. Mm. Well, I have a daughter who's eight years old, and sh- we have a Minecraft, we have an online community. Now people say, well, it's easy for you, Nick... You understand how all this stuff works. And yes, I absolutely understand how this stuff works. And what I'm saying is, I do not want to have her freedoms removed for the lack of the lack of education. That's Let's outward. put
0: hexagonal tyres on the lorries because some of them are carrying legal stuff.
1: It's, I mean, we're just, it's, there are things that happen if, Because something illegal happens, we must stop everything. And it just it's the wrong motivation. The, the fact that the Prime Minister's looking... I mean, the comments that come in here um, on the end of this story is... It's just amazing because it, first of all what are they saying well there's a huge amount of comments you have to go and read the comments but okay, we'll we come back to down to the question and we come back to the question what's porn yeah. you know, what is pornographic you know, is it is it Fifty Shades of Grey is it full on penthouse is it Playboy Bunnies mm. is it just page three and and what's what's offensive to you is not offensive to me and so our taste and and why do we have to get into a position where we have to find the lowest common dumb operator of any opportunity and say that's how society must be run again this is why we get fed this is why people are actually fed up with government motivations to interfere and people saying, well I've I've, I've talked to people who've said I think it's good that somebody's going to protect me from this Mm. But if you want protection from it, just don't go out and do it. Mm. You don't need to be protected from something you don't need to go and find. If I drop you in the middle of a library, I can tell you that there is a offensive, pornographic and erotic material so, so in what, that library, okay, so, I mean, you, you've you're got, not
0: being made to go and look at it. You've got kids. You've got, yes, you've got I have to. kids. I mean, mine are growing up now, but you've got youngish kids. How do you feel about it? Do you feel it's the responsibility of the family, it's of the household my to, responsibility to know what install software, is doing? blah, blah, blah?
1: I feel it's absolutely... It's absolutely... And I don't even feel the need to install software. She doesn't have a computer up in her room. Yeah. She has the computer down in a family area.
0: Yeah.
1: I keep an eye on all the websites she visits. She knows the three golden rules. Yeah. She never accepts a username and password from a friend. She never gives a username and password to a friend. Yeah. And she never discloses her age or who she is online to anyone This is really asks. cool. You must
0: be, like, one of a thousand dads that I'm told their... Young children and we go this.
1: over it time and time again. It means maybe she got three rules. You know, if if she wants to do anything online, yeah. that's outside of where I know she's been before. Yeah, we visit it together. Yeah. and we we talk about what she has to be careful of. Yeah, and then she's free yeah. to do it.
0: Yeah,
1: and that is, is that worked pretty well so far. And that means that when she comes home, yeah, and somebody has given her an access to a Roblox account,
0: mm.
1: and I say to her, which we've done that. Mm. I then phone the parents of that child and I say, just to be clear I've got a password and a username here because they're going to be playing in Roblox together Mm. Are you also okay with that? Right. And some of the parents go I don't understand what it means I don't know what it means I think it's okay And others go I hadn't questioned whether I needed to be okay with it Mm. But you're right Mm. I explain to them that this is like having a digital playground into which your children are going to go and play and you might allow your children to go and play in the playground on their own when they're older. But when they're younger, you generally take them to the playgrounds and let them play. You generally let them out the door, but to within constraints. You give them freedom, but with boundaries that they understand. And they can overstep or not. It's harder for Alyssa because her dad understands what the online world is like. But it does mean that I talk to parents and, I, and they say to me, well, oh, you have to understand that our child, you know, he's, if he doesn't get allowed to do this, he gets very upset. And I say, well, that's not, you know, that's strictly speaking, not something I have to manage. But if your child is going to play online in a server environment like this with my children or other children, mm. they need to know how to behave online. Mm. That's something that you have to teach them. That's something parents have to teach children how to do this. Yeah. And there are online manners to be learnt that we've not even begun to scratch the surface but, of. I like
0: your three golden rules approach, because that's simple, that's fairly easy. Well, I assume it's reasonably easy for children to understand I guess. But it's, it's nice that you've encapsulated it in three very simple rules. Maybe that should be become the manifesto of parents, I don't know. So it's... it's <coughs> um, As Nick shrugs his shoulders at a very um, kind <laughs> of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Trying try not to take any credit for it. Babe. Look,
1: it's it's something that I think this. I, I want to have, con- have a conference where I get parents and teachers mm. and technology people together and we talk about what are our expectations for our children in an online world today. Mm. What rules do we need to learn as parents about etiquette online? Yeah. One of the problems we experience online today is that we, we discover kids who are playing online in a multiplayer environment have gone all the way Lord of the Flies. You know, they're rude, they're belligerent, they're they're just trash talking. Cannibalism. And, and they're just they are they are abusive. And you wouldn't want to meet them. But if you meet them in real life, they're not like that because they're in the real world. Yeah. But because they haven't been brought up with the constraints of how the online world might act as an adult, they're not constrained by it. So, so I think I'd love to get, I'd love to have that conversation, but it's taking well, us well out of the Spec of what we we're we, about. We are about. at
0: 21 minutes, but I just have to, because this is really interesting. Just going back to generally a slightly more broader topic that we started off with, do you feel, Nick, that there is a propensity these days for us all to seek technical slash political solutions to problems where really the Yes, because is we've what been you brought just talking and up. Yes, because, because we've been brought with up with
1: a that's life scenario mm. that if you're upset, there's probably somebody else out there who's responsible for it, and there's probably somebody else out there that you might blame for it. Right. And if you can put those two things together, it's evidently not your problem to fix. Mm. And once you've got that mechanism in place, you've got individuals who spend most of their time thinking, this isn't my fault and it's not my problem.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's a zero
0: responsibility
1: position to take, which is worrying.
0: It's just a hot potato thing, isn't it? Uh, Sorry, uh, I I just, think, I like, just like, I just, trucking up potato.
1: Yeah, you because know, actions, hand, hand, hand gestures on a podcast uh, don't so work. Well.
0: Okay, 22 minutes. Let's move on to the Let's next one. the next one?
1: The free market fix for the copyright racket. A um, story here, and I—I I, I, I suspect this falls out of the bit that there was—there um, was actually just—yeah,
0: just Nick's still waiting I'm for his waiting sausage. Waiting on a sausage. Yeah, he's waiting it has not arrived. Where's his sausage? Do right. you want to go and minutes. get your sausage? No. I can pause and record.
1: No. We'll just actually yeah, hit, pause. Hit, pause hit pause. I'm hitting
0: pause. I'm hitting pause. I'm hitting pause now. <laughs> I'm unpausing pausing now. Nick has now returned with his sausage roll. Mmm. <laughs> Was it waiting for you all the time,
1: Nick? It was on the shelf, waiting for somebody to bring it over. Oh,
0: dear. Anyway, and back to the to main say, subjects. What were we talking say, about? Bloody
1: marvellous. Right. Right. Free market fix for the economy. Now, there was this um, bit of a hoo-ha a couple of weeks back when a Republican... A paper published by the Republican Party suggested some pretty common-sense ideas for tackling the issues of copyright. Okay. And the ongoing extension of copyright, the issue of copyright in society. Um... And again, it mentions, you know, take it from a Republican point of view, that federal government gets too big, there's too much oversight. The current system, it went on, bears no resemblance to constitutional provision, which enables the conception of this right by our founding class. And so, it was a substantial critique. but I mean, you got absolutely slammed and buried by Hollywood really quick. Right. But is it possible... I'm jaded, jaded here, not cynical, Jaded is the correct word. Is it possible that having lost an election... They are looking at who are the markets that they can approach who will be on side with them with articles that are actually common sense now if you can write a common sense article from either position in a political party is it not is, should it not be the position that the article makes enough sense that it should occur anyway now should we not be holding this up as though this is a Republican idea this is a democratic idea but actually this is a bloody good idea and we should do it um, you have to go through because it's a fairly long article we are going to run out of time okay. on this okay. but um, I'm a, I'm what we're down to is intellectual or property laws um, based on the assumption which a man um, will always act selfishly you know, you okay. have, the problem we have with these laws is they're always set up on the provision that somebody will always be a dick to somebody else okay um, what we discover with Creative Commons and with open source software is without putting the restriction on who has ownership over digital content, mm. more content gets created, and there's a great article that points out that we today produce more content in one year than we were producing over 30 decades, but is that more because of the technology or because
0: a lot of it is unencumbered well, the technology provides the unencumberance Actually, yeah, I was going to say, that's actually a, a stupid question if you think about it, isn't it? The Sorry, technology yeah, delivers
1: the unencumberance. Yes, and yes. As, as it's unencumbered because of the technology, so the access to it... Now, I, what bugs me, this comes back to filtering, this comes back to freedom. We barely, have, we barely have the whole of the world online today. The internet compromises less than 50% of the world's population. Mm. As a result we're trying to set up laws and regulations and mechanisms put in place that new countries that come online and new cultures that come online will be legislated by those policies will be controlled by those policies because the trouble with trying to implement a internet policy is it has to affect everybody globally it inevitably affects everybody globally because it's either an internal restriction or an external restriction um, I don't think the right answer is to add more legislation to it. I feel the better answer is to, is to reduce the gap between who the content creators are mm. and who the content consumers are, which, of course, talks about removing the middlemen. And the Internet has been the great divider of removing middlemen.
0: Yes. You agreed. don't
1: necessarily need to have the middlemen. Mm. I think the role of middlemen changes in that, in that economy uh, because the economy goes from being a full-scale industrialised production economy Where you had CD production and CD factories going out to shops and everybody bought them there, to oh well we can create this in the studio and put it straight to the website and somebody can download it straight away. Yep. So who are the middlemen now and what do they need to be doing? And that's the the new middlemen. The new middlemen. The new middlemen. The new new
0: new middlemen. We should call it the show the new middlemen.
1: Maybe that'll be the change for the 100. We need to think about what we're doing post show 100. That's true. What episode is this now? Do we? This is number 95. Okay, we've got five more to go. Five more to go, and then we're having a talk. We're going to have a talk. We're going to have a sit down. Yeah. Because there's a time when a mummy podcast and a daddy podcast love each other very much. Which, that's right. And it's not you, children. It's it's us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now on to the next topic: consumer profiles, targeting, advertising. Uh, this pops up on the verge. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you. I've talked about how much I hate metrics of individuals. Uh, yeah. I never feel they're accurate, and this has got to be the best the best example of why metrics are a problem for the online world because metrics can only ever look at if you take metrics and you look at people's cookies all you are seeing is an example of what they were not what they will be what somebody's interests were not you know they they can't take the metric of the thing that you've just heard because you've heard it and there's no cookie for that you can watch an advert or on okay, YouTube... OK, so what you're saying is that the information no... of the
0: cook is, is, is restricted. It's yeah. narrow. And, and okay, so it's only in the past, and it's just to extrapolate with so little information. So is we that, have... Is mm, that the point? Is he, is he mm, snacks on his sausage roll?
1: Fantastic sausage roll. Now, what we're, we're looking at here is something where as we're getting better at getting more information about individuals big data is getting bigger and deeper and wider mm. context is everything to that data but on top of that all of that data is simply an expression of where you have been not where you will go it's a,
0: di- it's, yeah, it's a, it's a data trail Ex-
1: extrapolating information is like getting it's between solutions and answers the solution is a mathematical formula that when you apply, to, apply a series of constraints to it or, you know, you add information to it, you will always get a, a set answer because it goes through that formula. So you begin to get the formulaic ideas. So you begin to say, oh, people who are interested in this are then also interested in that. And I end up with Xbox video recommending to me BBC TV shows that I'm not interested in mm. because my, my wife just once chose to watch Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah. So it goes off skew all the time. So we can't... The metrics need to be either absolutely live to the point of being right now or we need to find better ways of predicting where people are about to make the next click not know which was the last click they were on
0: where do you stand on this whole thing about tracking i mean what do you think of the the, the do not track tag now that's appearing in browsers i
1: think that's going to be an incredible waste of time because even if you anonymize data to the nth degree once you collect enough data you have a way to pinpoint and target individuals do you yeah it's happened several times i think uh, aol released a bunch of AOL released a bunch of search terms that people were using on a regular basis and um, some journalist was able to use that to track down a number of individuals just based on the search terms that were being used.
0: agree.
1: So even if you just have just what people are searching on you can find an individual. So you're left with the tracking I always come back to I'm not so much worried about that I'm being tracked I'm more worried about the fact that I can't choose I can't choose to know when I'm tracked mm. I can know I can I assume everything's being tracked I assume all the information is being available um, my Facebook profile is incredibly locked down I, I dissuade people from tagging me or adding photos to me I don't like the way Facebook acts so I don't choose to use it as deeply as I could you know, Facebook nags me all the time I add more photos I add more friends mm. put more content in you know I just go through And every time Facebook suggests to me friend this person I block them so that Facebook's table for blogs is be huge <laughs> Every time Facebook shows me an advert, I, I mark it as not suitable. And I, and I hide it, and I say, don't show me this advert. It's gone to the point now, I don't see any adverts on Facebook anymore. <laughs> it's just great. Oh, that's cool. Adverts are not appearing on my Facebook page, because I've marked so many of them yeah. as being, don't show me adverts of this type.
0: Yeah.
1: <coughs> I currently don't seem to fit any of the profiles for adverts. <laughs> if we that's all did that, doing it, yeah. if we all went to Facebook yeah. and marked every advert as inappropriate... Well, perhaps some and people we, don't mind being advertised to. It's it's absolutely fine to be advertised to, but I would rather it was my friends talking about a product mm. than a product talking about what my friends bought. Right. Those are the differences. I'm I'm getting back to it. It should be about the people. Hey, and as we're talking about it being about the people...
0: I was going to say, yeah, we talk about lack of sponsors and a shout-out.
1: Lack of sponsors. A big shout-out to uh, Tim Edwards. Mm, Thank Thank you you very much much for your donation. Thank you, Tim. Uh, Because as as we currently are, we sit with no sponsors Mm -hmm. for the show. So um, thank you for the... Sausages and the coffee and the cake and the conversation, Tim, yep. is much appreciated. Thank you very much. As Tim. ever, if you want to visit socialmediawhitenoise.com, there is a donate button there and we know it works. We do. We do indeed. We do. It does work. And, tip jar. Finally, speaking of people, People Browser uh, has won a temporary injunction against Twitter from Twitter cutting them off from the data hose called the Firehose Access.
0: Right, yes. Uh, so they basically, subject to contracts, had access to this fire hose for a fee, presumably. Mm-hmm. And they've basically. Has the contract come to an end and they're just not renewing? or...?
1: doesn't make it clear, but. Okay. We know Twitter have been changing the terms of their relationship with developers. Yeah. And with people who built architecture around Twitter's architecture, this is resulting in upsets, disappointment, misdirection. I've spoken before how I've uh, in the past about how it's okay to build on Twitter but when Twitter changes direction or tw- changes profile, don't whinge about it.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, if, you, if you're the guy who's going to build on sand down by the sea, don't whinge when the tide comes in. <laughs> mm. You might have had a fantastic view and it might be been a brilliant summer house but when the tide turns your house is underwater. Or well,
0: the owner of the sand decides to do something different.
1: Yeah, so, when the sands shift, policies shift. And if we weren't building a mechanism in place to manage that, tough. This Twitter is providing a service. Now, we come down to, oh well, you know, maybe if it was a paid-for service. Rubbish. If you pay for a service, you no more guarantee control over it than you do if it's a free service. And by example, people pay for cable television and people pay for satellite television Mm. by subscription. (coughs) They are advertised to and they have very little control over the content. Mm. They have to take what's been sent to them. So in both cases, you don't get that control. Twitter gained an environment over people creating content that Twitter were then reselling on to people, like People Browser, who could then take all that content and run metrics on it. Subsequently, they could run metrics like Credly. And Credly has that social influence going, clout and so forth. So on the one hand, where should we sit with... The the problem is is that people who've built up this large environment have been supporting Twitter. But on the other hand, we get the benefit that we're seeing sites like Clout and Credly get cut off at the knees An end to social media metrics that are pointless and that, that only tell you where you've been, not who you are or where you're going.
0: But talking about this idea of relying on a third party, I mean... Me and you, Nick. Which is probably my fault more than anything. We, we have built our house in the sand because we rely on Feedburner, and I've been hearing rumours that Google might scrap Feedburner at some point.
1: Google scrap Feedburner. It's still an RSS feed. We still get into another Feedburner I know, elsewhere. but we,
0: we, we're going to have to. You know, we can't have Feedburner as the last step, if you like. In the we could we could have our own um, domain and then a redirect or something yep. like that. But it's, it's I mean, FeedBurner's free, and, and it's. It's like us. We're, we are relying on the goodwill of FeedBurner to be mm-hmm. there as a free service. And if that changes, then we are going to move with the times. But built up out of technology that's freely available. Yeah. And we could move elsewhere. We yeah. could do is it? it's a slight technical I don't like using Twitter.
1: I could use status.net. I don't like status.net. I could like like use Identica. Yeah. I don't like using Identica. I could use Thimble or Thumb. I could pay and join Alpha. Not going to. But I'm regularly seeing that the amount of content that's coming out of there from people they've gone there they've had a look they've gone it's a bunch of developers talking developer type stuff they've walked away Mm. it's pretty much what I predicted would happen because small communities there is there seems to be a desire at the moment in social media to build up cliques and small communities Mm. and and try and not let it get too big because when it gets too big it then becomes something that's no longer under everybody's control the desire it comes full circle the desire of people to maintain control over their environment
0: or well, time will tell we'd better leave it there because we're at 30 coming up against 35 um, yes don't forget to uh, d- oh, donate button email us is it still you lot at social media white noise um, that funny bloke at the end says all this I know but yes. uh, But there you go and come to the website if you want to look at links and stuff like that but that's it I think there
1: for we this are. time thank you very much I've been Nick Butler aka at Loudmouth Man on
0: Twitter I, I am Andy White at doctor pod D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D and we'll see you next time goodbye thanks for listening Thanks for listening to Social Media White Noise, brought to you by Andy White, aka Doctor Pod, and Nick Butler, aka Loudmouth Man. Please visit www.socialmediawhitenoise.com where you can leave comments, listen to the show straight from the web page, and subscribe for free. Email us at ulot at Follow us on Twitter, Doctor Pod and Loudmouth Man. We'd like to thank the coffee shops of Sussex social media and technology, without whom this show would not be possible. See you soon. Peace.